episode 101. I think in these next 100 episodes, you are going to experience uh, and be a part of a totally new embodiment of what it's like to be not only on the path of awakening, but also in the path of embodying what it's like to be a free spirit in this thing that we call living on planet earth. Okay. That was a little bit deep, deep, but I really want to, we had such an amazing weekend, right? Did we have an amazing, amazing weekend? Amazing weekend. Insightful, like connected. Exciting. Yeah, we camped. We camped at the top of a ski resort. It felt like a mixture of the desert, but with options. Like we went mountain biking daily. We went down into town to get some great food and good beer. And we enjoyed each other's company. We had just amazing meals. Isn't isn't that what that's about? Family meals. Okay, we could just end the podcast right there. But like, let's go into detail about all the things that Victor just said, because this is what I'm always ex- trying to, I, I've been asking you, right, to embrace for so many years, to like really just own it, like you lived it, but this last three days you totally like lived it, embodied it, and we're grateful for it. And the it that I'm talking about is so foreign. I think even if you know a little bit about our story, or if maybe you go camping, or maybe you you have one little part of this, like the embodiment of the entire the entire part of it is just so powerful. So we um, spent the last three days boondocking up at Schweitzer Mountain in Sandpoint, Idaho at the ski resort. They have a huge area where you can just free camp. And the negative to that, or the only reason I was a little reluctant to go up there, is it's a nine-mile steep grade with really tight hairpin turns. And while I've driven Momo, our class C, up that before, part of me has this like um, (laughs) mental fear, like this fear. I have an actual fear, you guys. I have this fear of like, oh, it's going to be too hard on my truck. I mean, I have a brand new friggin' truck. It should be fine. And it was fine. You have the towing truck. Yeah. But there's this like ingrained programming based on on past experience that you're like, oh shit, something's going to go wrong. I'm going to push it too far. It's going to cause hardship on my family. My husband's going to get mad because he's stressed out and he's going to be like telling me I told you so. But we went up anyways. Last Friday, we're like, you know what? We don't have a campsite down here in Sandpoint. Let's go up there. It sounds so fun to me. I want to go so bad. So we towed up and it was like nothing. Like literally the truck. Could have gone 50, 60 miles It feels like there's nothing behind me. And then Gabby was um, driving Momo. And Momo's slow, but it gets up everything. That's the thing with Momo. It's like dependable, takes a long time to come around to things. It's like, I'm a real big fan of both of those motors, and this is where I start to become a gearhead. That 450 E450 engine, seemingly like it's going and going and going. You keep the tranny fluid, you keep the oil right. It seems like it's going like crazy, but okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's like you. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's like me. And then this Ram, the new Ram that we have, of course, it's an inline, the inline six is renowned for its, its torque. And you just keep thinking, okay, some, it's not going to do it right, but that's just us living in our programming. Anyway, we had a fabulous time. Go ahead. Oh gosh, you guys, it was so, uh, It reminded me, like Victor said, when we first started camping, because remember, we spent like 15 years married, never going camping. 
I grew up camping in the desert and we, okay. And I grew up <laughs> never once camping. You did once, supposedly. One time. They talk about of a it car. all the time. That's it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and I just want to interject that. <laughs> we were camping, and or we, we used to go to the desert before we lived full time in our RV. We used to go out to the desert and ride quads out in um, El Centro and Yuma, some of the sand dunes and the Imperial sand dunes, and it was so great. It was so many great memories, but we hadn't done that for a long time, and it kind of felt like that, except with mountain biking. Which was cool because riding quads is a little bit out of your comfort zone, but riding mountain bikes, you're like, I'm all in, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been riding a bike since I was, I'm sure, I hate to admit that too. I didn't get my first bike till I was eight, so I didn't really learn how to bike, ride a bike till that. It seems like normal to me, but for a lot of people now, like, oh, you didn't learn how to ride a bike till you were eight years old. Whatever. <laughs> um, was he slow? Was he slow? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Whatever. Now I'm not slow now. Well, you're still slow, but you're having fun while you're The point is, I'm teasing you, but like, it doesn't matter that you're slow. What matters is that you're still pursuing. And that's the, that's the win. That's the stoke factor. Like, Victor's posts this thing on his Instagram. Like, it doesn't matter what you used to lift. Like, it doesn't matter if you used to camp. It doesn't matter if you used to go to the desert. It doesn't matter if you are an amazing mountain biker. Are you doing it now? That's what matters. Because it's the things that we give up in life that make us lose our passion for living. And when we lose our passion for living, we literally start dying. That's that spiritual suicide that I, that I created a post about. And it is probably the root of disease. And it speaks a lot about how many people are saying, well, I wish I could do that, but it's this. Or it's because of this that I can't live that life. And then little an by little, it starts, everything. your body starts saying, oh no, pay attention to me. And then it says, okay, you haven't paid attention to me. I'm going to send you another signal. Okay. You're still not I'm gonna, paying attention. You're still not paying attention to me. Here's a heart palp. Here's elevated liver enzymes. Here's high blood pressure. It's so true. You start off with an ankle injury or, an, or a wrist, carpal tunnel or tennis elbow. And then it becomes, all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's kind of weird. I go to the doctor for this and like, oh, by the way, you have high cholesterol. Oh, you know, it's a whole, there's a domino effect that definitely happens there. Or you live life to the fullest. And so this weekend, it was so cool because we um, were camped in the spot at the ski resort and there's all these networks of trails and so it was like all right let's let's all hop on our bikes and let's go explore let's step into the unknown ride into the unknown we don't know what this trail is going to be like of course we try to be like data whores and like accumulate as much information from mountain bike project or trail forks or reading signposts but the fact is you don't know until you ride it and that's i to me i think that's a huge problem for people like, I got to acquire all this information. Before I make a decision. So that I don't feel like I'm stepping into the unknown. So that it's known and it's there's like this promise of safety. And that's ridiculous. Like you just go explore. You just go ride. Sometimes I feel like it would be just so much better if there were just arrows like just go this way. And when you're lost, go to try going this way. Or yeah, I don't just, know how much time we lose and like, okay, we're at a fork. Okay, check the phone. Stupid, <laughs> Instead, right? like it'd be like, we're kind of going this way. Let's just figure we it out. We can always just figure it out. We can always just turn around if it's too steep and 
or it's too technical. And we did come across some parts where you're going, oh man, this is getting a We went gnarly. on like today's ride. We went on some like really crappy trails that were like, this was dumb. And we went on some really great ones. And the problem is, is like, if you have the mentality, the entitlement mentality that's normal in society right now, and you want to look on information, and I'm saying this because I catch myself doing this, and you're like, oh, wait, wait, is it a four star? Is it a five star? And some of them didn't have star ratings. And you go on and you're like, wow, that was crappy. But I catch myself thinking like, wow, there's kind of joy in that. There's some joy in like, okay, I went for it. And I'm like, I got to decide for myself that it was kind of a crappy trail as opposed to always looking for the guaranteed win, the guaranteed comfort, the guaranteed ease instead of like, it doesn't always have to be great. And like Isabel was on, she's on a crappy bike that doesn't shift. And I made the mistake of saying like, at the beginning, we were going to go for technically an easier ride because she has a bad bike that doesn't and I did what I tend to do often I'm like so do you really want to go on an easy ride or should we go explore because naturally I just want to be like let's just go see let's go see what's over here on this right side of the mountain that I have no idea but it sounds like it could be cool and it ended up being hard really hard for her and drained her a ton did she get mad? Like she could have easily just been like, mom, I can't believe you did this to me again. You did this to me again. I am a victim to your intensity. She didn't once say that. She sat, she like kept pedaling. I could feel it all over her that she's just like, ah, ah. She was probably dropping an F-bomb or two in her head that like, man, mom, why, why did you end up going this way? But then part of her recognizes that because we do stuff like that. It's made her more resilient. It's made her more energetic in the long term. It's made her want to engage in life more. So what did she do when she came back? She made herself a high protein meal. She laid down and did some MFR. She practiced resiliency. She took care of herself. She was a creator. She didn't get mad at me. She wanted to. I know deep down you could text or email her. I guarantee she wanted to lash out on me, but she didn't because she's like, oh, if I do that, I'm being a victim to what my mom said to go do. Instead of like, I could have turned, she could have chose to turn around. She could right. have chose to not do the ride. She knew that it's like, well, and she knows it's a bad bike. She can choose to go get a job at a coffee shop and make enough money for a different bike, but she doesn't want to. She's like, no, 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 this is the path I'm choosing. This is what I want. I'm going to endure a hard bike ride. So enough about Isabel and the bike ride and stuff. What about the campground? Like how great was it camping there? So boondocking is usually when you don't have electricity or water hookups. And some of the challenges that are associated with that is like you have to be real frugal. You have to there are some hardships like you're doing dishes outside and technically you don't but with a family our size we would go through our gray water we would fill our gray water tank probably in a day just with dishes um especially with the size of meals and dinners that that we uh, we just have fabulous meals three course meals that were amazing tell them last last night's dinner real quick because it was so good it was a uh, gosh, how do you describe that soup first off? So we made a soup that was like, first I make take bone broth, broth and yeah. I cook the bone broth for 24 hours in a crock pot, which I had done before we Grass went to Boom Grass-fed bones, just amazing. And then we had, Gabby took bacon and cut it up and diced it. So we had first cooked bacon and then the bacon fat. And then she sauteed cauliflower, celery, broccoli. carrots, broccoli in the bacon fat. 
And then Danny simultaneously took some organic chicken, diced it up and cooked it. And then we integrated all of that together with some great seasoning. And then you bought us that amazing garlic sourdough at the farmer's oh, market. Yeah. Rosemary garlic oh, that sourdough. Was so good. It was a fabulous meal. But Wait, some... and we had salad with quinoa and pumpkin seeds. Yeah, that was amazing. Just just like I was I felt so nourished after a hard biking day and then you know the culmination to the end of the week but boondogging comes with its challenges for sure but what it comes with that is positive is the amount of space and silence you feel sitting at the top of a ski resort we're sharing this massive parking lot with maybe three other four other rvs um everyone that's there to enjoy the trails do some mountain biking hiking and so they're trying to get off the beaten path and the space was the space and the silence is what I enjoyed to be able to be outside. You're not worrying about it in general in campgrounds. We're already in a campground right now. And I find myself worrying about my son, my 14 year old son who is loud. Like, Hey, don't bother the old people, you know, like take and it's it easy. Because Victor so worries so much about other people because he has an FE function. Me and myself, I could care less if he's loud, like whatever, they'll get over it. But it is important to know your wiring. That's why we always bring it back on the podcast about understanding your programming, knowing your Enneagram, understanding your Myers-Briggs and what chakras are trapped and all that stuff that I know nobody really cares about. But back to what you do care about is how rad. Then we had another interesting thing that happened to us is when we got to the top of that um, parking area and we're setting up the trailer. Jariah is supposed to put the put chalk the stone. chalk stone behind the tires. And I remember distinctly Victor saying, Jariah, put the chalk stone there. And then within a few minutes, all of a sudden I hear Tati go, oh my gosh, the trailer's rolling down the hill. And... <laughs> And Danny's literally holding the trailer, the fork of the trailer, the, like, what do you call that? The, like, the crank. He's holding it as it starts to roll. And we're racing to put a chalk stone behind a wheel because my 14-year-old son, who is amazing and so happy and energetic, but is a type seven and sometimes has trouble focusing on the job that needs to be done. Yeah, he got distracted. The chalk stone was at the bottom of a pile and I'm pulling stuff out. Pile of wood, yeah. And it's essentially something to stop the trailer from rolling. And you got to put it behind the back tire, especially since there was a light, slight hitch. And then the way we're set up on our truck, we have to lift it up pretty high to get it down. our truck's no. much higher than the hitch level. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't get the hitch, the, the appropriate hitch. Anyway, the, the the long story short is like, what did you learn from that lesson? No one is hurt. We got a little bit of our A-frame um, um, lifts is a little bit off, but everyone was fine. What do we need to learn? We need to have systems. Like you need to be responsible for the job that I give you, especially if you're stepping into this. And that's just something that like, that this is sort of unschooling. That's a, an amazing unschooling lesson. Wouldn't you agree? Like, well, I'm like, you're so, you, Victor is so nice in this situation. Like, it was a great lesson. I was like, I was never you let, dumbass. Let I can't do believe yeah. I'm I, never going to trust you. If you can't do your job correctly, like, you don't get to go out for ice cream with us tonight. Yeah. Because you don't have, because, because to me, in that situation, I was felt like he was being acting out of a space of entitlement and and being lazy and not pulling his weight will he ever forget to put that in no but okay the craziest thing is i thought this was more hilarious is 
So we were like, oh shoot, how do you like, how do you lift it? And like Victor presents this super, if anything, like after we hang up and be like, hey, you don't have to be always so analytical. Victor has, whatever your mercury is, is like how you present yourself. And so sometimes I, I'm like excess, I'm extra, right? You guys, I'm extra and Victor is more reserved, but like in, in actual life, we're a little bit more balanced. I'm not so extra and Victor isn't so reserved, but when the, when I hit record, you naturally present this this reserved, reserved and systematic self that is not Victor really. So we go to do, we go to like the, the problem is, is that when it starts rolling down and luckily I had some of the jacks almost all the way down to begin with, which was not normal, but it just happened that they were there to catch him. We're like, oh, what are we going to do to get it back on the trailer? And so, and my thing is, I'm like, well, you know what? We're kind of set up. Like, we'll deal with that when it's time to leave. That's just my nature. Like, why do it until it's time to deal with the stress? Like, we'll deal with it then. And so today when we had to deal with it, we went to go, what we did was went to, to get a hitch for Momo because the hitch for Momo is lower than the truck hitch, which is significantly higher. I mean, I went and measured based on my leg and the hitch on Momo was below my knee and the truck is mid thigh. That's a significant amount of space. And we thought, okay, we're going to hitch it up to Momo. But then we like lined it up. I'm like, if we hitch it up to Momo, it actually gets lower than it is now. This makes no sense. This is the beauty of like the problem solving. This is the life skill. Applied science. Keep in mind, you take what you have, you understand logic, you apply it to get the the results you want. And you're not afraid to take a risk. You're not afraid to take a risk. As soon as she did that, I'm like, oh, you have a point. So we went to go do it. Wait, what happened, remember, is you put the hitch in Momo and you started cranking it to lower it. And I'm like, wait, 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 we're already like resting on our jacks. Like, why are we trying to get it on the hitch on Momo? It's already on the jacks. The jacks are holding the trailer up. And this is, again, not that you care, but where Enneagram comes in play. Victor's one wing is like, well, that's not the right way to do. We shouldn't. The right way is not to load these jacks. They're not They're not designed, designed. for that. But I was like, but they're we're holding the trailer. Go. And we're hey, already three in inches up. my growth, up. though, I was like, let's, let's, let's go. go. Let's I'm go. all cranking, cranking, cranking. We got like another four by four block under it. That give us the extension so we could get onto our our new uh, Ram 3500 at the height that it needed to be. So the so we're done. The take home lesson is like one, you should totally boondock. Two, like you embrace the embrace the challenge. The challenge the because it made it 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 created a connection between Victor and I. If our life was boring and stagnant and about the same damn soccer practice or soccer game or gymnastics meet like it used to be, we would have had nothing fun to talk about today but because we problem solve that together and we're like oh shit we're high-fiving each other like hey we figured that out together now did it did one of the foots of the jack in the process get bent a little bit yes but like isn't that why you make money you know the biggest thing is actually your dad i have to thank for about this like look this is all toys when he wanted me to back up my first boat trailer he's like look just just learn allow yourself to fail and that was huge for me because I would never want to do those for the risk of failing and doing something wrong. And he was clear, like, look, these are just big boy toys or big girl toys. Try to not worry so much about damaging it, but re- realize, like, you're going to need to learn. 
Yeah, right? that was. I That's mean, a big she, lesson. Huge lesson. Well, wait, huge lesson. what about the lesson in like the idea of toys? Like you probably don't even like at that moment you're like, what do you mean toys? Like you don't even allow. Like now I think you're starting to be like, yeah, oh, this wait. is the, the, these RVs are facilitating an experience. And if you you're kidding yourself, and I look at all the hundred thousand dollar or two hundred thousand dollar RVs here that are in this campground, and whilst they're having it probably an amazing trip for themselves, like. You're, they're limited by, oh, well, I don't want to scratch this or have an ex I don't want to take a risk of injuring it. But they are limiting their experiences. And so what if they 180 then go, well, this is to facilitate the experience and I'm going to be careful. But but the goal is not to keep this unscathed. The goal is to use this. So use what you have to experience. Even the bikes that we have, we got um, new low end mountain bikes. They're not really designed for what we did. I do my best to care for them. But at first I was like really upset about how ah, we're scratching them up the way we're putting on the car where we're laying them out. Wait a second. These are to have an experience with. Let me keep the functional important components working correctly and be done with it. I'm going to end it with that because that's a win in my book. See you next week.